0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to.
1: So many of these artists are really, you know, delving into their craft and their training, but they really don't have life skills. And during this pandemic, that's really come to light with like finances and Um, emotional mental physical support you know mental health all of that and we were never taught that in any of our training myself included and I you know don't claim to know it all but I definitely have had to learn throughout the course of my adult life you know to uh, foster these skills that frankly should have been taught to me.
0: Hey everyone thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me and I am your host Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is an actor and a coach. Welcome, Jennifer Apple, to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so happy we were able to connect in the amazing world of the internet. (laughs) Agree. What a weird place. (laughs) (laughs) It's been around for a long time, and I feel like we're using it more and more each day, either on our phones on our tablets and anything that can have a powerful app of the internet
1: (laughs) I know to my chagrin honestly like I mean it's a it's a blessing and a curse I mean it -hmm. it, obviously like we wouldn't have been connected if it wasn't for you know the internet Mm -hmm. but I'm also like I, I would love to love books again the way that I used to love books when I didn't know the internet existed
0: yes I agree with you with that and especially like I I could imagine at this age of contacting you or contacting guests in general like what would I have to do like probably go through a phone book and kind of just say let me see if I can (laughs) find somebody who wants to come on the podcast
1: or like you send a postcard being like thinking (laughs) of you from I mean I I don't know honestly it's a really I guess everybody would need a publicist like unclear also like would you be doing podcasts where podcasts really a thing Un- yeah. I don't know it's all it's yeah double-edged sword yeah good, um, yeah feelings
0: yeah if anything it would be like a radio show like I would have to call your publicist and you would have to probably get it because of your field of work and Something would have said like that hey do you got somebody available that would love to come on the radio show <laughs>
1: Right. And then like your radio show would have to be on like 93.6. Like I'd have Mm -hmm. to, you know, like turn a dial and get to it to find you. Like, is that where we go? I, yep. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The power of the internet. We we are grateful for it, but also can be a curse like you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) So Jennifer, introduce yourself to my audience, what you do and who you are.
1: Yeah, my name is Jennifer Apple. I am primarily an actor and a coach, an acting coach. Um, I dabble in a bunch of other things such as singing and uh, loving on my adopted dog, Walter, and uh, hiking. Uh, Nowadays, obviously, things are totally wild, but travel used to be a huge part of my life as well. Um, And I am a lover of deep conversation. So this is the perfect blend of the things that I like.
0: Awesome. I love that. And going through your acting resume, you've done theater work, you've done uh, workshops, you've done other programs and training. That's a lot of work that you're involved. Like it's crazy. Oh, thank you <laughs> that's amazing and I've met other actors too who've done a little bit of everything as well and it's crazy like I give you guys kudos because it's not an easy industry and I know that um but y- you guys always keep yourselves developed you either do yeah attend workshops conduct workshops create programs and y- most of you have something else like I know who somebody is um uh, physiotherapist another one's mm-hmm. like you know a real estate agent another one is you know a psychiatrist the other one's a dentist and I'm just like yeah. whoa this is crazy yeah. and you're you're doing the double you're doing the double shifts which I usually <laughs> say anyway but good for you on being able to do all of this stuff and have I'm fun trying.
1: I'm trying. I feel like, you know, there's uh, the older I get and the more I grow in all of this, just really embracing, I guess, what people in the industry would call like multi-hyphenate, being a multi-hyphenate, you know, so your actor dash coach dash X dash X dash X, you know, so Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you can wear many hats and hopefully they align with uh, your moral compass in some capacity and uh, that you could use parts of yourself in all of them um, as much or as little as comfortable. So yeah, Yeah. I feel very uh, fortunate in that I have many an interest in navigating my way through being able to Mm -hmm. (laughs) use, use and
0: do as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And how did acting start for you? When was that moment that you said, you know what, I think this is my career. Let's, let's dive into it.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the career part was what was different you know I I didn't grow up in a family who had anybody who had done this as a career I didn't grow up surrounded by you know friends who were like child actors like it wasn't something that I grew up around until I went to theater camp and then when I went to sleepaway theater camp and there were kids who were doing that um and you know teachers and coaches at camp and directors and such who like oh right this is what they do for a living then it was like oh wait this is actually a thing this isn't just a hobby um I feel like that's when the career thing in the back of my brain kind of um went on but prior to that you know it it really was just it was a glorified hobby of a lot a lot of singing and then eventually progressing into acting and then directing and then grad school for acting and you know all of that. So I think it was a bit of a natural progression, but the career switch was definitely at theater camp. And then studying it in college, I think there was a bit of an understanding of like, okay, this is something that you're pursuing.
0: Wow. Wow. And getting into it, how did you feel? Because I know sometimes when we're dreaming about what we want to do and what we want to become, I could tell you, yes, I wanted to become a singer actor. Like I wanted to do it all, even a stunt person. Like this was me in my teenager years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to become a model and everything. And I was just like, uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself because first of all, I was a shy person. Uh, Second, I did not have the confidence in myself to be able to do that and kind of be like the center of attention to build that confidence. Mm -hmm. And third, I was just like, I don't think this is gonna be possible. Like there's no way that was my mind set when I was a teenager and I was just like, you know what, let me just go into the architectural way out and that's it, Mm -hmm. like done. How did you feel going into it? Because I can imagine you're excited for this, but then there's a lot of work involved. There's that fear of rejection, which you know, it's a cutthroat industry and, you know, it's not like, oh, it's okay. We'll give you a second chance unless they really want to see something else from you. But how did you go through those stages of like, oh man, I didn't think this was going to be easy or how hard is this? Yeah.
1: I feel very lucky in that I have a very supportive family. So, you know, I know many artists, don't necessarily have that as a baseline. So I'm really, really lucky and grateful that I have that. So my family has been supportive, even if they didn't necessarily know like the opportunities to give me, if I were to present them or I found it on my own, they were usually relatively open to it, obviously with, you know, things pending or, you know, whether it was possible financially or whatever, but the the opportunity to discuss it was at least something that they were open to. So that I guess is a huge uh, part that allowed me to, you know, consider these things as an option. I'd say most artists in general, though, they're really there there is a resiliency. You know, you have to be resilient, and you have to um, consistently keep showing up. Or at least those are the artists that I admire. Right, where it's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Yes, there are some stories, and you're like, how did that happen? But those are few and far between, or those really aren't the ones for me that speak to my heart about the way in which an artist has to, um, show up. So, um, I think it's a matter of like a support system that has been really wonderful, uh, friends, family, but also, uh, yeah, a certain resiliency and a certain drive. And also this idea that like, I, nothing is, there's nothing that I know that I'm to expect in this career it is there is not one path and so really being open to opportunity and the way in which it'll happen to you um i think sometimes it's surprising how things kind of play out and shake out and they're not necessarily the way that you think it would happen uh so if you're open to that um then you allow more into your realm i feel like that that can you know be translatable for really any single career but Uh, in the arts especially it's really not something you could plan to go down a certain way it kind of doesn't work that way.
0: Mm -hmm. And having family as a support is definitely something where it will keep you going and I know for a lot of people they don't have family support because they either don't mm-hmm. support their their goals and their dreams and their aspirations and it's really unfortunate that they kind of have to f- seek that support elsewhere through friends and coworkers, whoever it may be and try to you know stick through that journey and it does make such a huge difference when you yeah. have that family support um whether you know they'll be your biggest critic I'm not gonna lie I, I feel oh myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what are you talking about and it, it, it's like are you crazy you're going to start mm-hmm. this business are you crazy you're going to do that but then they'll support you regardless and yeah it we got to be extremely thankful for them and it, being able to push us to our limits and kind of say you know what you you you'll get through this it's okay yeah. you're going to get there
1: I mean, that's not to say, you know, I didn't come up against them often or still don't, or maybe perhaps they don't really understand what Mm -hmm. I'm doing or how I'm doing it or what is this or is this a real thing or any of, you know, that's not to say it's been an easy (laughs) thing. But I do know that, yes, I'm very lucky that when push comes to shove, they're like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then we support you. Mm
0: -hmm. and when you first got that gig you did the audition you got that call Mm. what was that reaction and what was the audition for
1: oh man there's been a few um that I I guess I'm thinking about um most recent are we talking do you want to go like how do do you want to stick in a certain realm of something like where where do you want to go with this
0: the first one that you ever got
1: Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'd say my first professional gig, I'm trying to remember how I received the news about it, but it was, I guess I'll date myself here. Uh, it was in 2012. That was my first professional gig. Mm-hmm. I was a production of spring awakening in Wichita, Kansas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which, uh, when the the national tour of Spring Awakening came through Kansas, it was like boycotted. So it was the first time that the show was being done in Kansas, which was a relatively conservative area. And it was kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Um, But I remember I had gone through um, this, it it would would be like in essence, like a cattle call for summer stock for summer regional theater um, in which a bunch of different theaters um, participate and you audition for like all of them. And then if they are interested in you, they'll call you back to individualized callbacks. Um, so I went, I was called back for this specific theater and I guess eventually I booked it and it was a whole weird thing because you know I'm, I'm coming from New York and I'm now heading to Kansas. And so um, I don't remember how they told it to me but I remember being really excited because I loved that show and to be offered a professional uh, gig. Um, was really, really exciting to me. It was kind of soon after, I guess I'll date myself. Here we go. It was like right after graduating (laughs) college. Um, So I didn't have much time like home. I I went straight pretty much over that summer to this gig. So I'd say that was like really exciting and validating that I'd been working really hard and it paid off and that I showed up and my work um, meant something. And then the experience itself was wild. I still keep in touch with a bunch of those people from that contract um, and they were also doing another show right beforehand and I keep in touch with those people. So, you know, the theater world is really small and that was, I guess, eight years now ago now, and here it's, you know, hopefully been a pretty decent journey since then.
0: So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I know right. I- I'm always curious to know that first reaction and how you like took the news from it because it's so rewarding because now it's like you got your foot in the door, you are creating this big networking um database that you can just say wow I worked with this person I got to work with that person I got to see what production was like and yeah. you know the whole nine yards when I it, it's, in the it's funny though industry. I like now
1: I want to go back and like see if I can sort through an old email and like find where I was told like I I don't remember it now I feel like you should remember when you were told this like I don't remember mm-hmm. that and now I'm wondering why, <laughs> or like, how was it told to me? Uh, but I mean, some of the people in that cast, like, you know, they've been on Broadway, they've been on television. Uh, it's, it's been really, really cool.
0: That's awesome. And I'm assuming you've learned so much from everybody in that moment in time. And oh, yeah. what did you take away from all these other gigs that you, that you've done to, to help yourself improve as an actor?
1: Yeah. I mean, every, every single gig is different uh, just because by nature, you're having different personalities in a room and also the content that you're exploring will also be different. So depending on what that is and the, you know, variation of the people and the material um, it will always be some learning experience um, in terms of how you handle yourself with different personalities or in terms of the way in which you bring yourself to uh, this type of topic or whatnot. So everything for me has really been um, a learning opportunity Mm -hmm. and it will continue to be one for frankly, the rest of my life. I feel like as an artist, it's my responsibility to continue to grow and to continue to challenge myself and to continue pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, Also, hopefully for this, you know, the benefit and the sake of the rest of the the group, the cast, what have you. Um, I feel like it's really crucial to keep my mind open and curious so I've learned a lot and I'll continue to learn I know that really wasn't specifically answering your question but I think that's close enough to what I can answer
0: yeah, no, definitely, because it's an ongoing development, especially as sure. you, you know, get into that. it's like with any field, it's like once you become a nurse, it's like, okay, you're in this department in this mm-hmm. section, but you're still learning the ropes as you're going, you're never going to be perfect in it until you put in the years and the work and the time and everything. No one's really perfect, but we're always continuing to grow to help ourselves develop and you know, become better in our jobs. And even the
1: nurse, you know, in that example, like technology is going to keep, you know, revving up or different Mm -hmm. medicines will have been now on the docket or different ways of treatment, you know? So in every field that has any sort of growth, you know, it is our responsibility to grow Mm -hmm. with it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm always a believer of self-development because again, going back to the example technology comes out you gotta put in the work and learn how it's going to affect and impact your job day to day
1: yeah and
0: you know that's so important doesn't matter if it's like you're taking out a book about maybe how to deal with specific patients and how to you know not be emotionally attached to a certain extent because they i've heard where they can't they just gotta like right. a- be nice to you but they can't get emotionally attached because when that time happens when that person's gone or whatever it is at least this way you're not fully emotionally attached and you know it's it's crazy but every job's like that every job's got something where you can definitely grow into it Mm -hmm. completely now going into the coaching you are when did this happen when did you decide like oh my gosh, like I can, I can create workshops because you've got so much happening in different programs and coaching.
1: Yeah. Um, it wasn't something that I, I ever really thought like, okay, in my life, I'm going to be a teacher. Um, that wasn't something that I consciously chose necessarily. You know, a lot of people are like, okay, at some point in my life, I will be this. It was always something in the back of my mind. I, I was curious about, and I was open to, but not as like a be all end all. Um, when I went uh back to school and I got my master's in acting, um, that for me allowed me, well, first of all, it gave me like actually a degree to allow me to teach on an institutional level if I were to 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 want to do so, um, just with that master's degree. But um while in that program and then post that program, there were teaching components and, and opportunities as well as like one-on-one coachings that I kind of crafted for myself while there. And so when I graduated with my master's, I really kind of started delving more into the one-on-one coaching realm of things. So that would be with more um, auditions, BFA, MFA auditions. So getting into undergrad or getting into your graduate programs, um, as well as just kind of your everyday auditions. Um, And then that kind of segued into realizing um, that during these um, coachings, a lot of people were needing material, specifically monologues. And I happened to over years accrue a lot of monologues for whatever reason, hoarding or not. Um, And that I had a lot of these and this was actually a resource. So I then created uh, what I call monologue sourcing which is um, when you basically hire me to find monologues specifically chosen for you and who you are as a human being. Um, so that kind of became a byproduct of me just naturally giving material to the the clients that I had for these particular auditions. And then while I was on tour uh, with the band's visit around the country, um, you know, I'd be in cities for minimum a week, but sometimes upwards, you know, towards a month or so. And and I, a way for me to stay creative, to keep my craft on point, as well as to be uh, integrated into the community and the arts community wherever I was, which was hugely important to me. Um, I was teaching and coaching uh, master classes and workshops around the country uh, at mostly universities, theater programs, uh, schools um, as I kind of traveled through and then transitioning now during this pandemic, um, I've been really really grateful that um, in some ways the world is much smaller. So I've been coaching and teaching virtually on Zoom, all the time. Um, and, uh, I have some weekly classes that I teach for other organizations that I'm one of their teachers on their roster. I also have my own individual clients again with monologue sourcing. Um, it's been a really great time for people to find material now. Cause there isn't really the rush of like, I have an audition next week. I need it now. You know, there's a bit of time to explore and sit with it. So that's been really wonderful. And then again, one-on-ones and, uh, virtual classes and master classes at universities that have started back up again. So, you know, still trying to uh, get more and more clients. So whoever's listening, if you're interested or you go to a school and you want me to come, let me know. (laughs) But uh, it's been a really great gift and I I really love it. I love it so very much and it keeps me on my toes. And as I said earlier, it makes me have to be um, clear Within my own artistry and what I'm trying to get from someone else in that, like, I need to make sure that my point or the note that I'm giving or the adjustment is in a way that they understand and it's clear and then they are able to grow. So I need to be available to facilitate their growth, which only helps me grow as an artist and actor.
0: That's awesome. Exactly. And I agree with you when it comes to public speaking in any form, you de- definitely develop as an actor and you, you kind of, you have the skills for it and then you just put them together and then poof, you become this amazing coach and speaker. And I can hear it in your voice like you are very passionate and you have the voice of a speaker and not obviously not only as just a speaker but obviously an actor and you know I really hear that in your voice and it's amazing because if you impact me could you imagine how many (laughs) other people you're impacting
1: thank you I, I appreciate that I feel like my my vocal teacher and like breath teacher in my grad program would be very happy to hear that you hear that through my voice. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) see, and and I, once again, reading your resume, I was just like, wow, like the extra work that you're putting into it to help yourself develop and become better is just remarkable. And it's definitely paying off. And with this whole coaching, what is the most rewarding thing?
1: Oh, man, there's a bunch. Uh, the one that is like most uh, is in the forefront of my mind right now is, um, I guess, like two months ago, I had been coaching a lot of the pandemic, as i mentioned, and um, I had this one moment of like a spark of creativity, which I really hadn't had prior to that. I'd been very much Netflixing and chilling for a while. Um, <laughs> and I had this moment of realization after coaching a client on their monologues um, that, so many of these artists are really, you know, delving into their craft and their training, but they really don't have life skills. And during this pandemic, that's really come to light with like finances and um, emotional, mental, physical support, you know, mental health, all of that. And we were never taught that in any of our training, myself included. And I you know, don't claim to know it all, but I definitely have had to learn throughout the course of my adult life, you know, to Uh, foster these skills that frankly, should have been taught to me. You know, my mom and I were talking about the other day, it was just like, why was I like truly like real question? Why did I need to take calculus? If I never, if I knew I was never gonna use it, I should have just been taught how to do my taxes. Like that should be a requirement in education. Like, why are we not taught these tangible things of like, how do you have a budget? Like no one learns these things. And especially as an artist, when most of what we're doing is freelance. And so it's a lot of self-organization. Um, how do you keep yourself structured? How do you keep your finances organized? How do you keep your mental health in check? Like all these things were not taught. And I had this moment and I was like, hmm, let's do something about it. So I contacted a friend of mine and long story short in zero time whatsoever, we created a program that has officially launched uh, this past weekend was our first uh, workshop, weekend workshop with this incredible cohort of uh, young women. Um, it's called the Empowered Artist Collective. Um, and the premise of it is to give, uh, women a community for them to create a sustainable and thriving long-term career. So the tools, in addition to the training that will actually help them do that, you know, such as what I mentioned, like finance, health, all of those things, um, so it's a, right now it's a three month program. We have uh, 15 incredible women in this cohort um, and we're bringing in what we're calling trailblazers who are other women in the industry who are experts in their fields, um, ranging from the, the uh, topics that I'd already mentioned to empathy, to um, how to be a multi-hyphenate, to challenging the system. So the way in which we can push our industry forward in a more inclusive um, way. All these topics um, are being shared, and it's all in an effort to A, give these skills, but also create a sense of community, especially nowadays when we're all so um, far away from one another, whether it's physically or emotionally. Um, And so that's really been the biggest gift. Um, I think owning the fact that this is something that I love to do, and I really do enjoy teaching and um, fostering um, young artists' talent. Um, So channeling that into this program is that's been, I think, the biggest thing I've taken away of one of many, but one of the biggest.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. Honestly, amazing what you're doing, especially going back to what you mentioned in the beginning, like, you know, why weren't these classes available to us instead of Mm -hmm. learning physics when you don't need to um, learning about. Uh, other things when you don't need to. I remember high school; they offered uh, cooking classes, and it's just mm-hmm. like, why would I? I was just the one saying, why would I need to learn how to cook? Like, right? You know, what is the point of that? I could be doing other things. And you know, I didn't think of it until obviously later on in life, where my mother kept bothering me, like, when are you going to learn how to cook? When are you going to learn mm-hmm. how to cook? And I'm married now, and I had no choice, and I was forced to. Obviously, <laughs> you know, I got to feed myself and my right. husband, and you know, you pull out recipe books and you start learning and you're just kind of like okay well I guess this is it right yeah <laughs> and yeah. obviously what you mentioned about finances too it's like that's definitely something that everyone should be educated on like you right. know I've done my ridiculous mistakes and you know you learn from it and it's it's really awesome that you've created a program mm-hmm. that they're able to learn all these things that's involved and because we do we do need it let's face it we all need that and Mm -hmm. little tidbits and the fact that yes it's freelance and you know how are can we navigate what can we do that could be flexible can we have another job how Mm -hmm. do we you know schedule ourselves when it comes to auditions and stuff how can we navigate our schedule like that's so important and it's amazing that you've created it's kind of sucks when you go into the industry and you're kind of like wait like i I didn't know i was didn't i have to quit my job mm. you know and people yeah. do that mistake and you know or it's, it's just
1: like reframing too you know yeah. obviously we can't give them all the skills in this short amount of time but it's just like no. starting those conversations that people avoid and also reframing so much of um the we've been told about what it means to be an artist right Mm -hmm. so many of the terms that we even use are about scarcity about Mm -hmm. this idea of being a starving artist right or you need a survival job right these even those words of of starving and survival like these words that we're putting in conjunction with our art and what we need to do in order to create our art is just feeding into this mindset of scarcity that we don't have enough already, which is true. Honestly, we need to be making more money. And I mean, we could have those conversations. It's very real, but, yeah. um, but the language around it, you know, you're taught from really young age, like, well, in order to be an artist or in order to be an actor or in order to be a dancer or a singer, you're going to have to give up a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I hear you, but why? Like, why are we taught that? Why is that part of the industry? Why is that something that has to be what it takes to be an artist? It shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't. And, you know, even if it's us trying to start this on the smaller scale of just at least, you know, some of these emerging artists now having a different mindset going into it, then perhaps we are able to, you know, begin to shift the industry in a direction that I believe it needs to be in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And throughout this whole pandemic, how did you cope with it? How did you adapt? Like, you know, I my heart goes out to everybody, especially Thank in you. in the entertainment industry because we're so used to getting new movies, new shows, new mm-hmm. everything. Even we depend on entertainment tonight. Well, that's what we have here in Canada. I'm not sure if it's aired in the United <laughs> States, but Entertainment Tonight, we're, we're depending on those small interviews. We're, de- we're dependent on those actors going on to these shows and explaining the up-and-coming show, up-and-coming movie, and how things, you right. know, what's the storyline about, etc. And now it's like, uh, they're trying to dish out information from TMZ and so-and-so went to a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. OMG, didn't have a mask type of deal. <laughs> but, you know, it's like we all, I, my heart goes out to all of you because it's like, you know, some people are on a roll on this journey and then all of a sudden everything just comes crumbling down. And yeah. for those who are just recently started either last year, or the beginning of this year, and all of a sudden, you know, you were just like, Oh my God, I got this project coming up. I'm so excited that I've got this thing happening, but then boom, everything shuts down.
1: Yeah. And
0: how did you cope with it? How did you adapt?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like every artist you ask is going to have a very different experience, but every single one of them is going to share in the fact that it really impacted our industry, probably, I mean, at this point, it's been for sure longer than any other industry in this whole country where theater is going to be the last thing to come back. It's about people congregating in an intimate space together. Um, So, unfortunately you know theater is not coming like they just announced you know broadway isn't going to return until earliest of you know end of may 2021 that's almost a year and a half after the pandemic hit um for artists who originally had jobs or potentially having that's obviously just broadway but um you know all these things were they're done Um, for the foreseeable future and then that scales into regional theater around the country and individual theaters have their own way of reopening but you know depending on their various states jurisdictions and how you know cases are doing or not doing whether it's safe or not to bring people again into these intimate spaces it's really it's hard because it's a matter of numbers and it's a matter of being inside uh, in a safe space so Um, it's really, really been difficult, honestly, I think for myself, you know, again, I was on tour and so tour was abruptly canceled. Um, and I, uh, hunkered down in LA for the first six months of the pandemic and, uh, probably the first mm, three, four months, like truly I was really unproductive. Um, you know, I think in the beginning it was a bit of like, "Cool, you've been going, going, going and doing eight shows a week and you deserve a little bit of a moment. And no one really knew how long this was going to go. So it's like, okay, take these few weeks to just like decompress, like a, you know, unplanned vacation. And then it was like, okay, like what's happening. And then it became a little bit of denial. And then, you know, it's like the five stages, five stages, four stages of grief, whatever that is. Um, you know, I think we all kind of went through our own version of what that means and the reality of it. Um, I think it, it, this is in some ways our quote-unquote new normal, but I think the thing that's really frustrating for me is um, how helpless a lot of it really does feel and that there are people who are making decisions on behalf of my career, as in our unions, the government, Congress, others who I don't want to get too political, but there are people you know, who are making these decisions that affect individual human beings. And I I'm in a lucky place in that I have family that I could stay with, or, you know, uh some resources that I have saved while on tour that I had intended to use obviously in a very different way. But you know, I have other friends who have had to leave their apartments, give up their opportunities, you know, like because they didn't have the finances and they still don't. And there's zero ending in sight for that. And I think the the biggest thing is, you know, we're a multi-billion dollar industry just Broadway alone we make more money and contribute more money into say the New York um, uh, financial situation than even sports do and for some reason there's zero help so it's a very polarizing and political conversation that I don't know if we want to get into but it's hard it's really hard and again I'm coming from a place of more privilege than others and I recognize that but um, you know there are things that are coming back slowly with uh, on camera work. So TV and some movies are slowly starting to come back if they have the budget to, you know, stay incredibly safe COVID testing on a daily basis, yada, yada, yada. But it's very, it's hard. It's a, it's a really hard thing. And you have to go through a lot of hurdles to make this type of work or larger scale work happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, you know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. I cannot believe still what is happening. I know with my job, I'll share a little bit. We still haven't stopped working. We kept going. We were waiting two months to hear if we were going to shut down or not. And being in the construction industry and in the residential sector, we had to keep going, which I feel like most of the countries who are in construction with residential in particular had to keep going, Mm -hmm. uh, just for the sake of people buying these condos or homes. And, you know, it's like, they want to move in, they have to move out, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it was tough. Like I could say, I thought I was going to get maybe a month or two off and kind of just like, Oh, maybe I can just focus more on my podcast and create Mm. my, a bigger networking base and everything. And then all of a sudden it's just like, no, you guys are going to stay open. Great. Right. Awesome. All right. right.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone has like an individual journey with how yeah. this had affected them, but no matter who you were, whether you had to keep working, whether you were an essential worker and obviously had to keep working, whether you were not deemed an essential worker and somehow you still had to keep working or you lost your job or you were lo- I mean, every single person was affected in some way, whether intimately or, you know, through family or friends um, across the globe. I mean, hence the global pandemic aspect Mm -hmm. of it, but it's, you know, it's gonna be one of those things, hopefully down the line that we hopefully make it through. And hopefully there's a new normal that's actually safe and sustainable. And then at that point, it's gonna be like, hey, where were you when? Do you remember (laughs) you were, you know, it's gonna be ideally one of those things that you get to remember and be like, wow, gratefully we made it through this hopefully
0: (laughs) yeah exactly 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 and you know again my heart goes out to all of you who are going through this and I hope you know I heard slowly I know people are are actually there's movies being filmed and shows resuming here in the city I know Toronto's being used a lot um, Mm -hmm. for these shows and and Vancouver as well but I know Toronto's been slowly kind of trying to resume everything um, which is nice yeah. to see again and I hope it's able to bounce back I know it's going to be different and a lot it's going to change obviously they're not going to have that amount of people which is going to be difficult because you need every single person behind the scenes to be part of it but yeah. hopefully it bounces back and we can sort of get back to our it's weird, our, I guess, our regular lives, which is kind of weird to say because we have to adapt to the new normal and everyone calls it the new normal, but you know, it's, I really appreciate you sharing how you had to deal with it and adapt, but what has the pandemic taught you as a person?
1: Oh man, it's taught me a lot, honestly. Um, it has, you know, confirmed my resilience, um, It's also, I think, given me a bit of grace. Like I think I've been allowing myself to be more proud of the fact that I have been able to pivot, whether or not it's something that I wanted, but it's, you know, the fact that I've been able to do that is something that I I need to give myself credit for. It's a a really cool skill that I'm um, adaptable in that way. Um, Also, you know, in the beginning, it was really just the gift of time. Like, I really feel like, you know, I had Whenever else in our whole lives will we ever have the opportunity to just pause? And granted, it was like a really scary, tragic time to be pausing, and a lot of lot of sadness um, around. But in terms of the time aspect of it, for me personally, um, that was a really big blessing. Um, and then also just you know, if I didn't have, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have started Empowered Artist Collective. That wouldn't have come to be. Um, so now I. Have program that I'm incredibly uh, uh, passionate about and pumped about to hopefully continue in on into the future. Um, So that's a gift. And then also my coaching, you know, I've really been able to give it time and um, craft various classes and work one-on-one with incredible individuals and really build that out. So that for me has also been a really Lovely, I guess, byproduct blessing. While I have been unable to actually be performing in the way that I think I would want to be.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm glad you were able to recognize what you've learned from it and what you can take from it and make it better. Again, my heart goes out to all of you. And, you know, I really hope crossing my fingers like it bounces (laughs) back. Um, But, you know, I really appreciate your time, Jennifer. And, yeah tell the listeners about the coaching packages that you do offer.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think it would, again, depend on what you're seeking. Uh, If you're a university, if you're a college, if you're a middle school, high school, um, theater program. So if you're some sort of Program itself, um, I offer an array of master classes and workshops, from um, acting the song or monologue to breaking down the text to Shakespeare to how to nail a cold read to scene study. Um, that, or um, make your own adventure. Um, So that's something that I offer on the uh, masterclass workshop front Uh, on the one-on-one front, kind of all of those topics that I just mentioned can be done individualized with you. Um, But I also specifically do uh, BFA and MFA coaching. So when you're looking to get into schools, um, find me to coach your material. Um, And also this monologue sourcing where we basically would chat and get to know you as a human, go off on my own, find pieces specifically for you. And then they're all yours for the taking to do with them what you will. Uh, So those are kind of the two ways um, to see me one-on-one for my coaching. And then if you Um, identified with Empowered Artist Collective. And uh, that seems like something that uh, would be up your speed. We will be offering um, more pop-in panels throughout the course of these three months, but then down the line, um, ideally maybe in January, we'd be offering yet another um, uh, cohort of individuals to be a part of the three-month journey together with themselves and also with me and my co-founder. So those are some of the coaching ways.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And guys, everything's going to be in the show notes for you. And Jennifer, where can the listeners find you?
1: Yeah. Um, I am quite, uh, contactable, I guess, uh, if you are kind <laughs> So slide into my DMS kindly, um, on, uh, Instagram, which is at Jennifer apple underscore. Um, and otherwise you can find me on my website, which is Jennifer Um, Again, like having a last name like Apple is is hard to get, you know, straightforward usernames and websites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Yep. Uh, you know, thank you so much again, Jennifer, for all your time. And thank yeah. you for all this information. A pleasure to virtually meet you. And, Same you know, here. if you ever make it to Toronto in the future.
1: <laughs> I was there last year on tour for five weeks. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no. I know, but I what? mean, who knows if, our, if they open up the borders? Then yeah, I mean, I might flee to Canada if you'd take me.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, why not? <laughs> I know we were at
1: the we were at the Ed Mervish downtown uh, for five weeks.
0: Oh my god! You said Ed Mervish. Mm-hmm. The Ed Mervish Theater. Oh my gosh! the The company that I work for is actually building something near Mervish. So I'm kind of curious if that is yeah, the same. It's
1: like the one, um, oh my god, what is the square called? That like open area where they have like little fountains that pop up. I'm totally blanking.
0: Dundas out. Square?
1: Yep. It was right off Dundas Square.
0: Mm, okay. Yes. I so know. So sh- all the all
1: the massive mall is right yep, there, yep, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. That's mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's oh my gosh. I cannot believe what time of the year did you come?
1: Uh we were there in the fall. Yeah, we were there in the fall of last year. Oh, so wow. we, oh literally, probably like a year ago. Yep.
0: Uh, no, yeah, we way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no way yeah no way that's awesome well if you ever make it back you need to give me a call
1: I would I would <laughs> I love that that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> amazing well-
0: yeah, no, for sure. And I'm just like, damn, a year ago, I, I was I was podcasting. Why couldn't I have met her before?
1: <laughs> no, it's like, ugh, world's colliding sometimes at the right and sometimes at the wrong time. But <laughs> I so appreciate you having me on here. Thank you. And thank you for all you're doing for your listeners. I feel like you're offering such an incredible, um, versatile experience for their little earbuds. So it's really, really awesome. And that you find time for yourself to do this. Like, while well, you have, you know, you're, it's just so cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. Yes. It's been a crazy journey of podcasting almost two years. And you know, it's amazing. I just, I'm so passionate about it. I love it. I love talking to people from different professions. And if you guys are listening and you've got a story to share or a topic that you want to talk about, definitely email me. It's going to be in the show notes, but Jennifer, I next time when those borders open I know they keep extending which is fine because you know we want (laughs) the country both countries to become better and you know let's just just stop the spread let's just stop the spread
1: wear a mask please wear a mask
0: thank you yes wear the mask wash your hands and Mm -hmm. let's just stop the spread together so we are able to travel again and be able to do the things that we love but as soon as that you feel comfortable you can come back let me know I definitely would love to meet up with you. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Yay. Yay, I know. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Well, to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with Me. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. that's it for now and thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me